I want to bring to the attention of anyone who's listening on to the audio file through the podcast that these shiurim are also available on YouTube as a video, if you prefer that. And I'm going to attach the link to the YouTube video in the description of the podcast so you can find it. And it almost always gets put up as a video too, if you prefer to view it in that format, to listen in that format. Okay, so I just wanted to comment one point over here. In the end of Pasuk Zion, and then we'll go to Pasuk Ches. The end of Pasuk Zion, we mentioned this last week, in the end of Pasuk Zion it says, Vayikat paroi v'hinei chaloim. Paro woke up, and lo and behold, it was a dream. So earlier in the end of Pasuk Hay, it says, Vayikat paroi. He awoke. Here it says, He awoke v'hinei chaloim. So the difference is because earlier the point is that the dream woke him up. It was like a nightmare. He couldn't sleep, as we discussed. It affected his sleep. He woke up, and then he had another dream. And here, the point of the Pasuk is that he woke up and he had, and he realized that this is a dream, and he, now he started thinking about, well, what does it mean? He has something that he needs to seek an interpretation for. And therefore, this is the introduction to the next Pasuk. And additionally, I think the stress over here, as we will see in today's tonight's discussion, is a very important question, almost the question here, in a way, about whether Paro's dreams are really two dreams or one. So here it says, which is saying that when he woke up, he's, he understood that he had a dream and not two dreams. In the morning, his ruach was tipa'em. Now, tipa'em means like to beat. Or pa'amon. To pulsate. So his heart was beating. And um, you have this, of course, in Daniel, like Bayes, where, of course, which is has a lot of the same themes as the Yosef story, as, we, as we've discussed. In the beginning of Perak Bez, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his sleep was disturbed. And he said, I had a dream, I want to show you two other places where we have this expression. These are the only two other places we have this expression, and there might be some significance to that, as I'll mention. For the this is in Perak Ayin Zion and Tehillim. Where he talks about remembering um, the Nisim that Hashem did in the past. And he says that he can't sleep at night. He thinks about it. Nif'amti. Nif'amti. I can't sleep at night. So, of course, that's similar to um, Parian and Nebuchadnezzar. And there he talks about. I remember all the actions of Hashem in Mitzrayim. He redeemed them, took them through the Yamsuf. Okay, that's in Tehillim and Zion. And in Sefer Shaiftim, 
talks about Shimshim Atochal Ruach Hashem Lefa'amay Machadeidon, which means that the Ruach Hashem pulsated in Shimshim. It was beating in Shimshim, like a living thing, thing that motivates him to action and he can't hold back. So that's the Ruach Hashem is Pa'im. Okay? So here too, we'll see there actually might be a connection between that. And the Ruach of Parai, which is Vatipa'im. So he summons all the Khatumim Tsaim and all the Khachamim. Now, of course, the idea of him summoning all the Khatum and all the Khachamim is that look, all the king's advisors and all the king's men couldn't figure it out. Even though he brought, he summoned every single last one. And then, of course, Yosef is able to do what all the great Chatumim B'tzayim and all the Chachmim B'tzayim couldn't do. Now, Chatumim B'tzayim and Chachmim B'tzayim are not Stam. Chatumim B'tzayim and Chachmim B'tzayim have quite a reputation. And there's always this, there's a theme that the Chatumim B'tzayim cannot do what the Shliach of Hashem could. Of course, the next place with is going to happen is going is with the Makos. How they cannot, ultimately, they can't replicate the Makos that Moshe, the messenger of Hashem, is able to do. So the Chatumim Tzayim and are so wise, ultimately get shown who's in control, when they or who's superior to them, maybe, when they can't do something that the Shliach of Hashem could. And um, this idea that there's a competition, as it were, between the wisdom of Egypt and the wisdom that comes from Hashem, that we have by Shlema in Sefer Malachim, Aleph, Malachim Aleph, Perak, Hey, Pasuk, Yud, Chachma Shlema was greater than Chachmas Kalban Ekedem, but we call Chachmas Mitzrayim. So, ah, Chachmas Mitzrayim is the paradigmatic Chachma, and Shlema was even superior to that. Okay, now. So here we have the Chatumim time Chachameha couldn't do what Yosef did with the Ruach Alekim. And this we have clearly spelled out in, among other places, but this is very much connected to our Pasha. We spoke about this, I think, last week or two weeks ago. In Yeshaya Perak Yudtes. Yeshaya Perak Yudtes says Hashem is going to ride on a cloud and come to Mitzrayim, and all the Elilim of Mitzrayim are going to uh, tremble from before Hashem, who's riding there on a cloud. And the heart of Mitzrayim is going to melt, and Hashem is going to Benovka Ruach Mitzrayim Bikir Boy Vaatsasoy Avalea. They're going to lose their Ruach, and they're going to lose their Eitz, and they're going to seek the counsel of the Elilim and the Oivis and the Yid Oinim. Okay, and the river is going to dry up, and then talks about the Yar, the Yar, the Yar. And then in Pasuk Yud Aleph, it speaks to the Sare Tsayan and the Chachme Yoyatse Paroi. How can you tell Paroi that you're so wise? Where are your wise, wise men? Let them tell you. Let them know. They can't. So this idea, and it continues there, they have a ruach of, of drunkenness, like a shikar who's stumbling in his vomit. So basically, this idea that Mitzrayim's Eitzah falls short when there's not Hashem and they can't fathom it. Instead, they stumble like a drunkard in his in his key. 
Now, we've discussed the connection between this and our parasham, but also this idea that, okay, the Chacham time don't cut it. And also perhaps the reference of the shikr stumbling in his key. Here, Mitzrayim just, de- Parah just demonstrated his partialness to the Sahamashkim. Or the Sahar So the fact that he's like stumbling like a drunkard and doesn't have good advisors is a very apt metaphor. Okay? Now, let's focus on this Pasuk, the one we just read, Pasuk Ches in Pergamum Aleph, Pasuk Ches in Pashas Mikates, and I'm going to show you that there's some major problems here with the end of the Pasuk, which are keys to understanding um, what's this competition about, as it were, between Yosef and the Chatumim. So he calls all the Chatumim time and all the Chachameha, Vaisaper, Paroi Lohem Es Chaloimai, Vein Poiser Oisam Lefaroi. Paroi told him his dream. And there was nobody who could interpret them for Pari. So there's a shift between the singular and the plural. Pari told him his dream, but no one could interpret them. Okay, so that's a very major problem in the Pasuk. Additionally, you have to question, when you read a Pasuk like this, why is it so difficult for a Khatum to interpret his dream? It's a very rich with symbolic, a very rich and symbolic dream. And what's so difficult, why is there no one capable of interpreting it? Additionally, what's the, what's this last thing, Lefaroi? Nobody can interpret it. Why does it say Lefaroi? So when you get to the last question of why does it say Lefaroi, if you go back to Yeshaya, remember that passage that says, how can you tell Paroi you're so wise? Right? The Navi says to the Chachme Yoyatse, the Sarei Tsoyan, Tsoyan is Tunis, Egypt, how could you claim to be so wise Specifically, how can you tell Parai that you're his best and sage counsel? And I'm the son of wise people, Ben Malchi Kedem. How can you claim that? The, the Navi says to Parai, we are your wise men. Why can't they tell you if they're really, they always claim to be your best and wisest counsel. How come they can't tell you Mayoat Hashem? So the idea over there, what the Navi is saying is that these Chachamim and these Sarim have a certain status in Paro's eyes, have a certain relationship to Paro, which is that they present themselves to Paro as being his best advisor, and therefore they support his kingdom. And the Navi says, well, how can you claim that? Look, you don't know what Hashem is being yet. Similarly, over here, where it says, the message is that it's not just that, okay, there's a puzzle which they couldn't solve. It's that they have a job and they have a status which is to be Paroi's men. And what that means is that they are the, the brains, let's say, behind his kingdom. And if they couldn't be Paroi's le Paroi, that indicates that they are losing status in Paroi's court, which is, of course, where Yosef is going to come in and be the highest in command because they lost their, their status in Paroi's eyes or in, in Paroi's kingdom. And that's what the Pasuk says, See, Yeshaya says, Why can't they tell you? And you see, Paris said, in our parasha, in And instead, Yosef said, Okay, we'll see that soon. Okay, now, let's go back. So there were three questions asked in the Pasuk, which was, why does it say he told them his dream and nobody can interpret them? 
And why couldn't anyone interpret it? And why is it the power? So we answered why it doesn't say the power. Let's go back to the two questions. What's this thing about the dreams being singular or plural? Meaning the Pasuk says, he told him his dream and no one can interpret them. Now it seems to be very important. The question of whether he power his dreams are two dreams or one dream is of supreme importance in this parish. In fact, it's so important that Look in Pasuk, when Pirate tells Yosef his dream, he doesn't launch into an explanation of what the dream is. His first thing he says is, it's one dream. Pyro's dream is one. Okay? So that's Yosef's, it seems then that that's Yosef's big chiddush. In interpreting the dreams, Yosef's idea is to interpret it as one dream. Um, apparently that's the point. That's what Yosef begins with. And so then before we get to that idea of what, what the significance of that is, that tells us how to understand what the Pasuk is saying, that Pirate told him his dream and no one can interpret them. That the, the, the fact that Yosef said that the, that the dream of Pyro is one, that is exactly the point that eluded the Chatumim and the Chachamim. they either didn't realize or couldn't explain how the dream is one. So that's why the Pasuk says, Pirate told him his dream and ain't poiser a sum. Because the point is, the whole point is that um, the, unlike Yosef who said, and that was the key to everything, they were treating the dreams as a sum, as two. And if you treat them as two, that's unsatisfactory. Okay, and I'll explain to you why very soon. But that seems to be the the meaning over here of the Pasuk stressing that Yosef said it's one and they couldn't interpret them. Now, if you take that further, Yosef said in Pasuk Rafei, Chaloim pare echad hu, Pare's dream is one. And then he explains, What God is doing, he has told Pare, which seems like he's saying, that the key to understanding that it's one dream is to realize that Hashem is communicating with Pare through the dream. Now that's not clear, right? How is the fact that Hashem is communicating to Pare, how does that solve? What does that have to do with the dreams being one? But what it does suggest is, again, just to plug it in before we understand this, if the Khatumim and the Chacham did not understand that the dream is one, it's because they didn't understand this point. That is Asher Kim Isaiah Hegelifare, right? That's what follows. Okay. Okay, fine. So I want to explain to you what that means. And and really if you think about it, what's Yosef saying? What God is doing, he told Pari, of course a dream is important for the future. What's he adding by saying God is what does he what does he mean by saying what God is going to do or is doing? He told Pari. So here's what I want to suggest, and although this is not, um, I can't say this is mukach um, as things usually are, I think it's very compelling, and it builds on what we discussed last week. Um, it's very compelling. We'll see. You judge for yourself. Keep an open mind. Yosef says that the two dreams are one, and the fact is it seems quite obvious that the two dreams are one. Why is that such a big chiddush? Fat cows, skinny cows, fat kernels, thin kernels, whatever. Ears, whatever the word is. 
So, what's Yezus' big Kiddush, right? But, the truth is, as we discussed last week, in fact, the two dreams are extremely different. Very, very different. And the reason why they're very, very different is because in the first dream, as we discussed, Paro said, I never saw such bad-looking cows in the whole land of Mitzrayim. Okay? Paro could not fathom where this evil is coming from. In the second dream, he was not shocked by seeing Shibolim, Shibolis, Shibolim, sorry, Shtuvais Kodim. He wasn't shocked by seeing scrawny Shibolim. Apparently, those could appear in Mitzrayim. And the reason is because the Kodim, the east wind, can dry out the dry out the grain and ruin the grain and um, the east wind is called as it said Yehoshua and the Parakid Gimel it's called the Ruach of Hashem okay and we have that in Mitzrayim because Hashem made a Ruach come from uh, Ruach Kodim carry off the Arba and more significantly by the Yamsuf Hashem Nia Ruach Kodim Azov and dried the sea. And that's called Ruach Apecha, Shafta, Ruach Apecha Ne'erumayim, the Shafta Vuchacha. Hashem blew with his own Ruach. That's the Ruach of Hashem. It's called the Kodim. It says explicitly in Hashem, Perikid Gimel, last Pasuk, Yavoy Kodim Ruach Hashem. So the Eastern wind is called the Ruach Hashem. It, it's common in Mitzrayim apparently, and not only that, it was it is going to eventually cause the ultimate downfall of Mitzrayim at the Yamsuf. Okay, so while in the first dream, Parah does not understand where does the evil come from, in the second dream, he totally understands. And the way we discussed last week, Parah didn't know that along with Taif comes Ra. He understood Mitzrayim is a place of great wealth. Okay? And he didn't know that, that there's two sides of every coin. Every coin has two sides. Everything good has something evil that corresponds to it. The whole side of Kehelas. That's what he didn't know. So he's shocked at seeing evil. What does evil have to do with Mitzrayim? And really Mitzrayim is the closest thing to poverty because it's so rich. That's the secret that he didn't know. Fine. What he did know is that there's a Ruach Kodem. There are things outside of the Mitzrayim system that can intervene divine things, you can call them, things from Hashem, things from God, call them whatever you want. The point is, Paro knew that Mitzrayim is a place of good, which can can be influenced by forces that are outside of his control. That's the Kodim, and that's Hashem. So that he understands fully, and that's the second dream indicates. His first dream indicates that Mitzrayim itself has some evil in it, and he's like, I don't, I don't know where that comes from. Okay, that's what we discussed last week. But the point is that the two dreams are saying two very different things. One dream is suggesting that there's evil within Mitzrayim. Another dream is suggesting that Hashem is going to come in and do something to Mitzrayim. So this, I submit to you, is the problem. The dreams are very obvious. I mean, the, the meaning of the dreams is pretty obvious. Basically, there's fertility and there's hunger, and it's like so, it's so, it's so, it's such an easy dream to interpret. Almost like we spoke about Samashkim. Sorry, it's also very easy to interpret. The chachma is not that. The chachma is 
Pyre told him his dream, and no one could interpret them. Which means Pyre knew these are, this is one dream. Of course this is one dream. But on the other hand, there's something very different about the two dreams. That's, and that's the problem. How can it be so different, Isung, and still be one? And nobody has the answer except for Yosef. And here's what his answer is. Yosef says, Chaloim echad hu. But I, the kasha, that's very different. Because the first dream is about how Toiv and Ra are automatically go together. And the second dream is about something that Hashem is going to do with his Ruach Kadim. The answer is, Eis asher lekem oise higid lefare. Meaning, you know, why, you know why Hashem is here? You know why there's a Ruach Elohim here? Not because the downfall of Mitzrayim is going to happen directly through a, 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 an act of God. Like the Yamsuf when we get there. Or the Arba, whatever. Way better then. That's not what's happening now. What's happening now is that the Ruach stands for the Eisashar Alekim Eisahegilapai because Hashem speaks to Parai through his Ruach through the Ruach Hashem, which is in Yosef, the Ishasha Ruach Alekim Bai. So Yosef is saying the Ruach HaKodim, which is in your second dream, which indicates forces external to Mitzrayim that are influencing Mitzrayim, is not the actual calamity. It's the message of the calamity. And the message, and the message, and Yosef's Chiddush is, Yosef's Chiddush is not merely that a dream is important for the future. Of course it is. Yosef is telling Parai, the interpretation of your dream is that Hashem is talking to you. Now, wait a second. Hashem talks to Parai? Yes, through the medium of Yosef, who's Ish Asher by. I would submit, I think it's Pashat, that it's not called, what, you, you wouldn't say Hashem was Magid Leparai, anything, even if he has a true dream. The only reason Yosef says, Ish Asher Lekemar is because unlike the Chatumim, was Ein Magidli, Yosef is going to tell Parah the dream, but Yosef always stands for Hashem, right? He says, And here, instead of, he doesn't take credit for being Magid, he says, Hashem is being Magid, but of course we know Hashem is being Magid through Yosef, who stands for God, and has the Ruach Lekim in him. By the way, Daniel too, it says, there's Ruach Lekim that Kaddish in Bay, because he interprets dreams, and Nebuchadnezzar wanted to worship him, Pasek says, he poured Masachim to him. So Yosef is like God. So Yosef says, you know what the Ruach is doing in your second dream? It's not that Hashem is going to visit a, 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 a divine kind of calamity on you that comes from the outside. It's that it's yes and no. Hashem is really going to visit upon you uh, a kind of Rav that follows from Sava, seven and seven, and every good has bad corresponding. Where does Hashem get involved in this? Where's the Ruach HaKadim here then, the Kashas? The answer is, I am the Ruach HaKadim because I come with the Ruach HaLekim to bring you this message. And Yosef is the only one who can interpret it this way because the Khartoumim, of course, don't have Ruach HaLekim. That's the Mestilem and Yosef. So they're flummoxed. They're stuck. They're confused by the Ruach HaKadim. Only Yosef knows that the Ruach HaKadim is him. You see? Now, it's an amazing thing. The Pisran is. This is the Pisran. This is part of the Pisran. Is part of the prison of the dream. Just like in the first dream, Yosef is figures in the first dream, because it's Parois, as the Major says, Ben Paros Yosef, and Vatirena Ba'achu, and Yosef was Roya as Echav Batsain. And the Paris were um Yefois Mare and Yefois Toyar, as Yosef and Rachel were. So too in the second dream, 
Yosef also figures, I submit, by being the Ruach of Hashem, by bearing the Ruach of Hashem. Okay? Why the wind is called the vehicle for Hashem's word is it's a fact. It's not even come a to talk about why, but we're obviously assuming that, that the Ruach that blows and the Ruach Hashem that speaks to people is Hain Ruach. The Ruach that blows is Hashem's Ruach. Ruach Hashem Dibabi is, is that same Ruach. Okay? So Yosef is interpreting that's the interpretation. So now we understand, like going back to that parak in Ishaya, Chatumim can't know the Atz Hashem. Why? Because Chatumim look at Alilim, right? That's what says Nishaya Perak. What was it? Yudzayim? Yudtes. Right? The Chatumim can never understand um, the Eitz of Hashem because they are a connection to Alilim. So that's what it says in Yishaya Perak Yudtes. And the Ruach is going to be Novka. And when it says Nishai Perkites, the river is going to dry because the essence of Mitzrayim is their identity with the river, right? That's their God, that's the whole Kayach. And therefore, as soon as the river dries up, there's no more Chachma. So when Yapari has a dream, because now we're talking about something that's more than the gods of Mitzrayim, the Alilim, something which is the Atzas Hashem, and that's something that's beyond the Khatumim's capability. Right? They can't understand that. And here too, they couldn't post their dreams because the post the piston of the dream is gufa, that there is an involvement of the Ruach Hashem. Okay? Now, right, once the water dries up and Pari's dream is that they're basically the Nile is not going to give them sustenance anymore. That's part I mean as we discussed. Okay, and also there you see in Nishai it talks about Hashem riding on his cloud. And drying up the waters of Mitzrayim. That's Mayim and Mayim gives water from the heavens, and Mitzrayim has water from down below. That's the big competition. Okay, now, so Yosef is basically being like God over here, and we discussed this already. It says in Keheles, Perkhes, Mi Kehe Chacham, Umi Yodea Pesha Davar, who is like the Chacham. And it continues there, and we spoke about this a lot, about, um, let's say in Pazik Zayim, where it talks about. It's a bunch of things that me can do. Who can do this? Who is like the Chacham who can interpret things? And then the Dvar Melech is Shilton Umi Yoimaloi Matase. Who can tell him Matase? Well, I know Yosef told him Yaase Farai. Right? And then it says, Enenu Yedea Masha Yiyah. Keep Kasha Yiyah. Mi Yagid Loi. Who can tell the future? Mi Yagid. Ain Magidli. Now, who, what's the answer? Can a person do that? Well, no. Can a person tell the future? Even Yosef says, So Yosef accepts me, Yagedli, and he basically asserts, Nobody, and I'm really like a god. And therefore, the next passage, we spoke about this last week, no one could control the Ruach. Yeah, no Adam could control the Ruach, but Yosef, in his interpretation about the Ruach HaKadim, which is the great threat to Mitzrayim. He controls the Ruach, right? The Ruach HaKadim, which in the symbolism is going to destroy the wheat of Mitzrayim. Yosef controls it by saving the economy of Mitzrayim. And he showed it in the Ruach. He showed it in the Ruach in the sense that um, Pare's Ruach is Navka. And the Navka Ruach Mitzrayim. And you need to bring the Ruach Elikim. 
someone needs to have access to the Ruach HaLikim in order to um, in order to someone needs to be shalit in the Ruach in order to explain the Ruach HaKadim someone has to control it and channel it and say what it's doing you needed someone who shalit in the Ruach to represent the Ruach and therefore interpret the dreams as we discussed okay fine and okay just another thing in Kehelas there it says in Pasuk in Perak Ches Pasuk Yuzayin, it says a few places in Kehelas um, no it's not in Ches Yuzayin I'm sorry Okay, let's look in Vav Yud Beis. It says, "Mi Yagid LaAdam Magi Achav Tachas Ashomesh," and that's right before the pesukim about the Sarmashkim Sarayfim Bet Yom Hamaves and Yom Huledes. Basically, this is this idea of Mi Yagid LaAdam. Who can do it? And in very good pasuk Yud Dalad, you have that too. Asochol Yarbed Varm. We spoke about this also in the context of Yosef. When Yosef was still a sochel, he couldn't be loy. So, in order to be magid, basically in order to be magid the future, you have to be me. You have to be unlike anyone else because you have to be a god. And that's what Yosef's doing, speaking for God, like Daniel did, and telling Para, the one who's really unlike any human, right? Meaning Para is basically saying, this guy is not not normal he's not a normal human being okay now I want to show you a very different point which um, relates to this but it t- takes us in a whole new direction in a Shea Parakut Gimel in the end of Parakut Gimel Pasukut Beis it's an anti-Ephraim Nevoah and their kings okay we spoke about it last week and it's parallels to Tehillim Perik um, Pei Beis. Sorry, that's Pei Aleph. Okay, just note that. But there it says that on Perik Yudgim Apostle Yud Beis in Ashea, it talks about the sin of Ephraim being preserved. Tzorah Avon Ephraim Tzifuna Chatasai. Chevla Yeleida are going to come. Huvein Loi Chacham. Okay, he's an unwise son. He won't survive the ace of birth. He's a Bein Loichacham. And then, Tupsukim, it says later, Bein Achim Yafri, which according to Rashi means he's Para. He sends Paris in the Achu. Yavai Kadim Ruach Hashem. The Kadim Ruach Hashem is going to come from the Midbar and dry him up. Okay? So you see, we spoke about this connection to the Yosef story. We have the Kadim Ruach Hashem. We have the Achu. We have Yafri, like Bein Paras Yosef. And the Parais, and we have the Ruach HaKadim coming and drying up, but here Ephraim. So here the Ruach HaKadim is being applied against Yosef, and Ephraim is called the Bain Loi Chacham, right? <coughs> Yosef was called Lavin Chacham, and he finally became the Bain Chacham. We spoke about it so much, so Yosef has to become the Bain Chacham instead of being the Ksil. And Hashem says he's not going to survive the Ace, right? The Ace by Dvar of Yosef, and he's not surviving. Okay. Now, similar thing we have in Yeshaya Perak of Zion. Some similar points. In Yeshaya Perak of Zion, it talks about the, the war that Hashem is going to wage against with his great sword against the Tanin, which is Mitzrayim, Parai. Okay. This is in Perak of Zion in Yeshaya. While Bnei Yisrael is going to be a Kerem Chemed, a desirable vineyard that Hashem is going to water constantly. So he's going to dry up the river 
and he's going to wage war against the crocodile, the Tanim, the Yam, the Nar, the Yar, but he's going to take care of his Kerem Chere, that he's going to be watering constantly. And then it talks about Aboim Yashvish Yaakov Yotzitzu Farach Yisrael. Then it talks about those which means he did Midoch, Keneged Midoch, against Mitzrayim. And Haga Baruchai Hakasha Beyoim Kadim. On the day of Kadim, he had a Ruach Kasha against Mitzrayim to do Midoch and Agmidah to drown him in the sea. Okay? And then it talks about the Avoin Yaakov. The Avoin Yaakov switches to Avoin Yaakov and they have to deal with their sins. And it says, Bivosh Ketzira Tisha Varna. When it's Katzir, dries up, let it break. Kiloi Ambinoi Su Akinoi Rachamenu Isehum. It's not a nation of binois of understanding. Okay? So there we have loy ambinois, like we have in Hosea loy am chacham, loy bein chacham. I'm sorry, and um, the ruach kadim, right? And it's about Mitzrayim. And um, okay, so I want to say like this: What does it say in in Yeshaya? It says there's a ruach kasha that's coming against Mitzrayim, and it's going to dry up the river. It implies that basically because it says that he's, he's waging war against the Tanim, and while Yisrael has a Karim Chemed, that Hashem is going to water constantly. Okay? And um, there it says, Nishaya, Bivosh Ketzira Tishavarna. When the Katsir is dry, let it break, which the Gemara Babasha says basically, don't save the Gayim and don't give them Eitzis. To save themselves, Daniel gave Nebuchadnezzar an Eitzah to do tzedakah and thereby alleviate the Xerah. Yosef gave, basically saved the whole Egypt when it was, when its Katsir was dry, right? Par had dreams about a Shtufa Iskadim and things drying up and Yosef saved it. Really, we're the Karim Chemed, we should be watered constantly and Mitzrayim should dry up. You know, Yishai is, by the way, very against this alliance with Mitzrayim. So he's saying, what are you doing saving Mitzrayim? Let the Katsir break when it's all dry. Right? That's what's happening in Yeshaya. And there he says, you're not a nation of Bina. Like Heshea said, which I think is going like this. In Miketz it says, comes Heshea and says, comes Yeshaya and says, and they both talk about the Ruach Kodim. And Hashem says the Ruach Kodim is going to be visited on Ephraim. Because the idea is that they're taking, that Yosef here stands for the Ruach Kodim. He's the Ruach Halakim, Kadishim Bey. And he's going to, but what's he using that for? He's using that to save Mitzrayim from the Makkah Kosha, from the Gzeir Kosha against them, from the Ruach Kosha of Yom Kodim. This is Hashem's Ruach Kosha. This is not Hashem's Ruach, meaning the message in Yeshai is, this is not Hashem's Ruach of of coming and and um, and being kind to Mitzrayim, such that Yosef should channel that and save Mitzrayim with his ruach alekim. This is ruach hakasha. So why is Yosef then stepping in and stand and speaking for the ruach alekim in order to save Mitzrayim? Okay, this seems to be a message here. And and so what Yosef does is takes the ruach kasha, the ruach hakadam, and he applies it back to Ephraim. So this suggests the idea that Yosef really, and think about it, it's true, there's an alternative path here. Mitzrayim is right now facing, with this dream, Mitzrayim is facing its end. You know, what was the problem in Lachomish? We know the end of the story. So we think, 
we always think everything happened because water power had this dream. So yes, you should interpret it. So come to the sign. So Kilo, we always think about it as like, of course, everything happens. This is just some Never should think like that. You always have to think. Well, at this inflection point in the story, Pari is having a dream about the time is over. Comes Yosef and saves all time. Where did get And who says he has to save the time? In fact, saving a whole kingdom of a time of Elilim, of people that the Chatumim and the Machar and the Chum can't even give them Eitzes Hashem, you know, maybe let them go. Maybe let them go. Now, on the other hand, you could say, no, 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 Yosef is, is, is being Makar of Mitzrayim, right? Um, yeah, and that's the question. Do we make this alliance with Mitzrayim or not? Yosef already is alliance. He had alliance with the Shechem. He's happy with Shechem. He's happy with Mitzrayim. And his whole career is in Mitzrayim. I mean, the idea that Yosef believes in Mitzrayim, wants to work with them, which Yeshaya, by the way, also does in some places. One day, the Mitzrayim is going to know Hashem, and of course, if you're the Mitzrayim, can Hashem? There's a big idea over here that Mitzrayim is supposed to learn something too. But on the other hand, the dream inherently says that Mitzrayim is, is, is going to fall. And had Yosef not stepped in and channeled the Ruach to tell, tell Pari what to do about it, then Mitzrayim would have fell, and there would be no Yeshua from Mitzrayim. So Yosef basically single-handedly is of course changing the course of history here in the favor of Mitzrayim, which is not so partial. As it says in Yeshaya over there in Perek of Zayin, Habayim Yashish Yaakov, Yotzu Farach Yisrael. Who's supposed to be Tzotzu Farach Yisrael? Mitzrayim, let their, let their cuts dry up and break. So then he's a little bit loyam binaisu, not so pashat. Okay? And just to say loyam binaisu and back to Tehillim Pe'alef where it says, Lu Ami Shemeali, if only he would listen to you and then um, the enemies would be Itam La'olam, and in Hashem talks about the Ace Lo'yamid Mishabonim. Okay, and if you look further, if you look also in Hashem Perk Lamid, we spoke about this sukkim way back in the past, the beginning of Ayeshev, where it talks about the Bonim Sirim. It's talking about the Bnei Yaakov you see earlier there, who have an Eitz of Mini and not from me. Velintzoich Maseich of Ruchi. They have an Eitzah, which is not coming from Hashem, not coming from Ruach, which is, they go down to Mitzrayim and don't ask the Hashem. And we spoke about this, Piyashem lo Sha'alu. And we, this is again about allying with Mitzrayim. And we spoke about this um, in the context of the Shvatim causing a descent to Mitzrayim without being consulting with Hashem. So they think they're Nevi'im and therefore they're against Yosef, who's a dreamer, but really they're not working with the Ruach Hashem. So what happens is the whole Ruach of Hashem gets completely corrupted. Even Yosef, who stands for the Ruach Hashem, Ruach um, things maybe happen in a way that's a loy ruchi, an eitz of a loy mini because of Mechiris Yosef. Everything got all messed up. Everything got messed up in Yosef's part two, in Yosef's part of the story, additionally to the, to the brothers. Could be. Okay, I want to just say one last thing about this. Um, going back to Pam. So I said that, okay, there's two other places where we have, three other places where we have Pa'am is by Nebuchadnezzar, in Tehillim Ayin Zayin, where it's Nef'amti, and Shimshin. Now, in Tehillim Ayin Zayin, it talks about Hashem <coughs> coming and splitting the sea. And it also talks about Hashem's thunder and the water in the clouds. So it's Hashem's water against Mitzrayim's water, which is this old question about whose Ruach, so Vatipoem Ruchai, right, the Ruach of Mitzrayim is Vatipoem, and like it says in Yeshaya, Parik um, Yotes, where it talks about Hashem coming on his cloud, Novka Ruach Mitzrayim, Hashem was Mosach Ruach Ivim, and now we need the Ruach Elikim, that's the Yatz Hashem, it's the only thing that could 
that can save any Mitzrayim, right? And similarly, in, in that Mizmah Tehillim, he's contrasting the water of Mitzrayim to the water of Hashem. And also the other part, the other place where it says, So now we know that the Ruach of Pyro, which was Po'am, right, is because his Ruach is not the Ruach of the Kim. The only one who could, who could help him is someone who has the Ruach Hashem beating in him, which is what Yasef had. Okay, that's all.